You're listening to The Big Review Ski on Joe, brought to you by Omniplex Cinemas. See it all with my Omnipass. Greetings, movie fans. You're all very welcome to The Big Review Ski with Omniplex Cinemas. Yep, that's right. Mm-hmm. Uh, my Omnipass. Solid Two stats. things in a row. And my name is Owen. Three correct things in a row. I know we always say this is a big show. It is the Big Review Ski after all. But this show is even bigger than usual. We've got big bumps coming up. Big hairy lumps (laughs) as well. And big willies. Multiple. All right, who wants to claim it? (laughs) <laughs> and we also have Rory and Paul. I wasn't oh, describing okay. oh. you lads. I'm no, it, talking it sounds like you're, you're describing your Saturday night out. Ah, I wish, man. <laughs> that would be great. Um, would it? Would it? <laughs> oh, no, wait a second. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, Rory, Paul, it's wonderful to see you. Mm-hmm. Um, how are you both today? Curious as to how the rest of this is going to pan out considering yeah. the introduction. It's always interesting. He says it's wonderful to see us, but the feelings never reciprocated. Yeah, but I, it is wonderful to see you, though. It's wonderful. Like, it's I wonderful. like your T-shirt. I love your red shirt. What do you want? <laughs> Money. You're not wearing <laughs> navy. I'm not wearing navy you're wearing today. A, you're wearing a hoodie. I'm not, it is a big episode. I'm not wearing a shirt, which uh, I'm going to get into trouble for. Sorry, I know, mommy. like our... F- our fan base <laughs> won't understand. He's like, is he not well? Is he My mommy, I think one time I wore a T-shirt before. My mommy's like, you should not do that. And you should wear something that has like a, a collar. That, like, oh, your mom picks out your clothes too. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah, is, 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 is he rebelling against this your is, mother? Yeah, shut up, mommy. I'm dressing, <laughs> like, I want. dressing like a I'm on my own teenager. Show. I can do what I want. Um, but, speak, uh, speaking of, this is not my, my normal <gasps> pen. Where's your Diamante pen? My... I, I, my mammy's pen ran out, so I, I ran lent, out after I, I lent I her my diamond pen, okay. and now she has that pen. So hold on a second. So your mammy's going about her day-to-day business yep. out and about, and yep. she's walking around with this huge diamond encrusted pen. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty pimp. Feels <laughs> that is. I feel safe know, for her. If anybody can do it, it's Mrs. Cashin. Yep, um, Denzel's best friend. That's right. Um, <laughs> Back. Anyway, that's the intro of the show over. Let's get to the rest <laughs> of it now. Um, if you'd like to subscribe to the show, and why wouldn't you? Uh, please do subscribe anywhere you get your shows, YouTube or any of your podcasts as well. Um, you can check out all the interviews we've got coming up and the reviews. They're up on Joe. Um, we're going to have competition giveaway as well. Some very cool tickets to give away. If you like, what things do you like? If you like horror films. Yeah. If you like Stephen King. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we've got Stephen King to give away. He's out the back at the moment. He's really, so, really giving yeah. with his time. But he's he loves that stuff. Like he's gagged, bound, trussed up out there, and we're going to give him away as a very special. Sounds like prize. the plot of misery almost there you're describing. That's what I mean. It also so, sounds like you're Saturday night. <laughs> yeah, he's offered. Uh, um, so yes, but first things first. It's time for the big question on the big review scheme for this week's big question, Mr. Palmer. Hi. How's it going? Uh, yes, Gemini Man coming out in cinemas this week. We'll have Rory's view on that later. Really hoping for something that's off the wall, stupid, like Face Off. Matt, with Ang Lee directing it, which would be weird, because mm. Ang Lee is a fantastic director. Uh, but Will Smith in it is, uh, we'll hear Rory's view, a hitman chasing himself, I guess, to kill himself. Those are the big uh, willies yeah. I was talking about. There you go. Good. Multiple willies. I'm happy to hear that. Yeah. That's that. It's I, Willie Smith. <laughs> I'm talking about Willie Smith. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah we so got everybody... Just mention Willie there one more time. <laughs> Smith. Willie. Um, so in light of that and also the fact that Will Smith's career has been seeing him in a lot of great uh, buddy cop stuff our, our partner stuff you've got Martin Lawrence Bad Boys 3 going to win that Oscar we were talking mm-hmm. about last week and you've got Jeff Goldblum him are great in Independence Day yep. so what Kevin Klein, yes 
there you go. What a great film that was. Mm-hmm. West, West Wild. <laughs> West Wild. <laughs> theater, theater one. So on that note, which two actors would you love to see on screen that haven't starred yet? This was so hard. I love this question. Because I'm literally like, what two people do I love to watch on screen? That and haven't I just, already been. That haven't, that's the key thing. Because I kept going, that, nope, oh, they've mm. already been. Be- oh, so Paul, who did you go for? Uh, I went for two of my, my men crushes to get them together. I had to go. Ooh, hang on. Hang you on, okay. guess. Okay, here we go. Drum Tyke. Taika, okay, he yeah, can great direct it. He can direct great it. Oh, he's, he's not, not one, one of them. He's not one of Jeepers. them, no. oh. but He can direct this. So he's director of this particular film, which will star these two people. Have you any guesses? Um, I remember whenever, because one guy that popped into my head for whenever we did the coolest. Well, I'm glad you asked, Rory, what I think about this <laughs> and my answer. No, because I picked Brian Cranston before and Paul picked Keanu Reeves. But Keanu Reeves is one half of this okay, uh, but incredibly I don't know. charming duo. Okay. The other is the only Paul who's cooler than me in the world. Okay. Paul Donegan on sound. That's it. That's <laughs> it. Quick shout out to Paul Donegan on sound. Paul Donegan and Keanu Reeves together at last. I would. If, if Paul Donegan, if Paul is booked and he's busy on the show and Paul's sure. very busy, we'll have to settle for Paul Rudd. Amazing. Yeah. So Paul I want Paul uh, Rudd and Keanu together. I can see that poster. Can, devils. Are we talking, what are we talking here? Are we talking a John comedy? John Wick 4, I don't care. Okay. <laughs> That's it, John Wick 4. Paul happening. Rudd is the head of the high table in John Wick 4. <gasps> that would be incredible. I'd watch that movie. Yeah, I actually don't, I, I'm almost going to say like stoner buddies, like we've seen that in Bill and Ted and like we don't want to get yeah, rid of uh, uh, Alex, Alex, Alex Winter. Winter. But like I, the amount of just goodwill, they're the two nicest people in the world. How can that film suck? And the, the plus, other thing they could sorry, do, no, on, no, yeah. after you, no, please. But what point. I was thinking. Here's what I thought, though. <laughs> no, plus thing it. is, 20 years from now, it won't film the movie and it'll look exactly like I that. Was gonna, I was going to go we'll the never know what you were going to say. Oh, well, on to the next part of the show. <laughs> <laughs> no, what I was going to say was, um, even if there was flashbacks in this particular film, mm. your take, uh, uh, Waititi directed one, um, these guys could play them throughout their lives, no bother, so it's similar. Basically, they don't age. They could play like, yep. like not grumpy old men, but like cool old men, but yep. they're young in a twist or something like that. They can do anything. I don't care. Action, comedy, I don't really mind. Whatever like, the hell they are. Just get this, Paul Rudd and Keanu Reeves together. Yeah. Mm. Is this the way it works in Hollywood movies? Why don't they just pick those? Because they would make a fortune. And as you said, the goodwill towards that film would be phenomenal. Yeah. Mm. Plus, we got to see it, so. 100%. Okay, yeah. nice. Um... I, uh, hmm. mm, yeah, I also went for two man crushes. And me it's and an Rory. interesting one because... Me I, and Rory in a film? Together. Yeah, that, obviously. Paul yeah. Donegan and Paul Donegan. <laughs> Please. <laughs> if only there were more Paul Donegans <laughs> in the world. Um, so what happened with my one, I Googled it because I was like, they definitely, definitely haven't been in a film together. And I was right, they haven't been in a film together. Oh, but no. it turns out... So it's Brian Cranston. <laughs> and Aaron Paul. Um, they didn't, uh, they starred in a comedy sketch together. One sketch, so I don't think that counts. No. Okay. It was, drum roll, it was an SNL sketch as well. Okay. Uh, which I haven't actually watched. Tina Fey, I'm going to think, is one of them, is it? No, she's just, just a crush. This is okay. one of my man crushes. It was... So Ryan Gosling? No, not Ryan Gosling. He was in a great SNL sketch. He was. Knives. Um, no, this was... Two of the nicest guys in Hollywood. Can we see their pictures, please? Oh. oh. Tom Hanks and Will Ferrell. Okay. What do you think? 
I'm on board because Tom, that, what was it, uh, David S. P- Pumpkins or whatever his character oh, is. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. one of the funniest things SNL's ever done. Yeah. Uh, and I'd say, yeah, yeah, I could see those two vibing pretty well. Mm. So, in my head, they kind of popped in as brothers. Now, obviously, Will Ferrell has played, like, Step Bros with John C. Reilly, and the mm. two of those are, you know, untouchable there as well. But something that was a bit more... You see, you want Hanks to do more comedy and you mm. want Farrell to do more drama. So if they kind of reverse their roles slightly while still playing on their strengths, I think it could be a nice kind of dynamic. Yeah, because if you think back to early Hank stuff, he was he's bonkers. He was bonkers comedy yeah, loud. Yeah. Like what Farrell kind of just continues to be. Like if you watch like Big or The Bird, Money Bachelor Party. Joe versus Volcano, yeah. yeah all that yeah. stuff, yeah. Like he was just screaming a lot. So yeah. <laughs> he does it well. Yeah, so uh, those are my two. And I was just like, oh, can you imagine... Uh, like even if you had the opportunity to meet them, to talk to them, you know, on the press tour for that, it's just been non-stop crack. Unbelievable yeah. fun. I think it's more I want both of them. I would just want to be in their lives more, basically. Oh. Yeah. Those are the two guys I pick. <laughs> Tom Hanks <laughs> and Will Ferrell. You ended on a downer for such, for such a happy duo. Yeah. yeah. But even seeing, because like for those here, listen, the picture that's gone up there, Tom Hanks is in a tux. Mm. Um, mm. So have they done like spy? Have those two lads done a spy party? Not really, yeah. But anyway, I'll pitch it. Will Ferrell moves into Bridget Tom Hanks' <laughs> neighborhood. They're neighbors. They hate each other, and then they start having a fight. There's a film for you. <laughs> the burbs. There you go. Exactly. Something. The burbs. Yeah, okay. Again. Perfect. Um, yeah. So those are my two guys. Rory, that's a, you've all picked a lot of men. Just want to point that we out. Picked four men, but that's it. Paul said man crushes. I went man crushes as well. All right. I didn't specify man crushes in my original question. We just we just <laughs> took it that way. That's what we went for. Uh, okay. So I. Was thinking as well because a lot of mine, a lot of my answers revolved around just some of the most attractive people in the world. So <laughs> I'm gonna guess, <laughs> Rory's uh, is Tiffany Haddish in there? No. Okay. No. Then I've got nothing Did- else. <laughs> <laughs> it just begins and ends with <laughs> Tiffany. No. Can I, can we see my two? Okay. Oh. You can see DiCaprio and oh. oh. Charlize Theron. We should have guessed Charlize. Yeah, wait. Yeah. This feels like these two have been in like three films together, but they... Definitely haven't. They definitely haven't. No. So I could see, like, for some reason, I see them doing like a less funny version of, of a Mr. and Mrs. Smith type film. Yeah, okay. Where they are just like trying to sexually kill each other a lot. <laughs> I want to see that. In just space. Like, if Roy's ever, her, ever short on an adjective, it's always sexually. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Like, I, like you can, you, if she like maintained the atomic blonde kind of yeah. kick-ass thing, and he, uh, like after uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, because for so long I was like, yeah, he's great, but he just kind of takes himself so seriously. Mm. And then when he did kind of lighten up a bit for for Hollywood and was the doofus to Brad Pitt's cool guy, I was like, okay, I'm on board. Got I it. can see he's got, like obviously he's great, but he can he can do other stuff too so yeah I don't know how the two of them haven't been in a film yet because mm. that poster Does, alone would be a good I, poster it strikes you very Coen Brothers-esque almost you could put them in a Coen yeah, Brothers film yeah, that would definitely work get the dark kind of comedy vibes I'd say going well yeah she's definitely got like comedic chops already if you've seen the Between Two Ferns oh she's gas yeah. Yeah. and she's in Arrested uh, Development yeah. as well yeah. season three mm. uh, so yeah so that's, that's I'd like DiCaprio Theron Theron that in, works in Between Two Ferns yeah I think like, if any of these pairings happen, yeah, we can. Well, we get 10%? commission. Sweet, I think bump it up. That's how Hollywood Who's works. Who's our agent? <laughs> um, Paul Donegan yeah. is my agent. He's he gets ten percent of my ten percent. The best of the business. Um, so three crackers there. We got Keanu Reeves, Paul Rudd. 
Uh, we have Tom Hanks and Will Ferrell and then Charlize Theron and Leonardo DiCaprio. I can't wait to review all those movies. <laughs> yeah. Five stars across the board. Um, yeah, so that was our big question. Are there any pairs of actors um, who haven't worked together uh, before, not even celebrity SNL sketches, um, that you would like to see paired up on the big screen, uh, please do let us know. Nothing's in it for you. We just want to know. Um, <laughs> now it's time for the big trailer on the big review ski. And I, uh, an interesting one this week. It's over to me, by the way. Hello. Um, Hi. The one, how's it going? <laughs> it's the camera. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Bye. Uh, yeah, this normally, I suppose we have a whole mixture of big trailers. I'm thinking back to, obviously, some of what's going to be some of the biggest box office hits of the year, Joker, mm-hmm. Avengers mm-hmm. Endgame. Uh, some of the more eclectic films like uh, The Lighthouse and yep. High Life. Mm-hmm. Extraordinary. Everything Ready starring well, Robert Pattinson, much. basically. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. So yeah. this one is more... It's, it's not really a documentary and it's not really about uh, acting, although mm. it does have a phenomenal, probably one of the best Irish casts. Is it a visual poem? Oh, do you know what? Oh my God. <laughs> it's a visual poem? Yes. So we've been waiting to use that since Beale Street. Um, yes. Pretty much. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> visual poem actually works in this case. Uh, it it's worked a in film, that case. Uh, yes, it worked in that case Thank as you. well. So uh, this is a brand new uh, documentary. That's called, sorry, it's a brand new visual poem called uh, Lost Lives. And so just before we get a little look at the clip, and it's these beautiful uh, shots of all sorts of things. Basically, it's based on a real book uh, called Lost Lives, um, which was written by five journalists. And it chronicles uh, or basically mentions every single person who was killed during the Troubles mm-hmm. uh, in the North. So it was like over 3,700. So this book uh, is basically uh, in honour of them. And so what's happened is a documentary maker has put these together with all these different visuals that obviously reflect uh, Ireland, North and South, and also um, kind of footage from the time during the Troubles, but has assembled basically the Avengers version of Irish Actors, so you have, uh, I wrote some of them down here, uh, Liam Neeson, of course, Kenneth Branagh, uh, Brona Gallagher, who's going to be coming up later on the show as well, uh, Michelle Fairley, who's in uh, Stark. Uh, yeah. yes, in yep. Game of Thrones, Kieran Hines, Brendan Gleeson. Um, so there's just there's loads and loads of them, and what they do is they read uh, loads of the different excerpts from uh, the films as well. So, I don't know, I found the trailer... Um, it was pretty powerful, and even like the idea behind it as mm. well um, is well. I think it's 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 a really uh, beautiful idea as well. So this is a little look at lost lives. I kept pleading with them to hold on, hold on. Jesus loves you. Please. Let our next generation live normal lives. Tell them of our mistakes. And admit to them our regrets. Lost Lives, like any good kind of animated film, or yeah, that's the thing, if you go to a film quiz 
and you're like, what film did Brendan Gleeson, Kenneth Branagh, tricky. Liam Neeson, it's mm. very tricky, isn't it? What do they all star in together? And you girls. normally get it with, anim- always showgirls, um, you normally get it with animated films and you're mm. like, all those people work together? Um, but yeah, as I said, um, they've assembled this uh, incredible uh, they're not just good actors, but they're obviously... Orators. Unbe- yeah, unbelievable. Good word usage. <laughs> Great word usage. Hey, I should, write for, I should write for a living. I think so. Um, but they, uh, because they all have such distinctive Irish brogues, basically. Mm. Um, and Shoes. then even... Hmm? Shoes? That's good knowledge of yeah, scaling yeah, it. Yeah. Look at that. Compliments yeah. going everywhere. Yeah, yeah, the shoes. They all have great Irish they shoes. They all have great yeah. Irish shoes. That's why they've made it so good yeah. in Hollywood. Great shoes. So Lost Lives has its premiere uh, at the London Film Festival uh, this week. And then it's going to be released in select seminars. Uh, seminars? It's a seminar show. I know how to say that word. Cinnamon. cinnamon. <laughs> um, I actually hate cinnamon. Not a fan of that flavour. Oh, I was actually trying to say... The other words that now I can't... What were you going to say? Synonym? Synonymous. Is that one? (laughs) No, that's a different one. I'm not even going to attempt. But it is... uh, It's going to be on limited release around the country. So if you do see it on uh, somewhere nearby, then please do uh, go and check it out. So that's Lost Lives. Like the look of that one? Yeah, I really do, actually, because there's been some great documentaries we were talking there off-camera. Mother Brings a Son Through Shot was great. No Stone Unturned is great. So... If anyone I think is a bit more, not jaded because those films are excellent, but maybe want something a bit different than the talking heads archive footage, this looks very different aesthetically anyway. Yeah. So it's but, a different approach. Yeah, because I don't know how... You I yeah, <laughs> it's a visual <laughs> film. But I don't know what the running time is on it, so I don't know what that would be like as an experience going to the cinema to watch a collection of images, which I realise... I have to hope they're is. not reading the whole book. No, it's not the full That's, book, it's excerpts it's from day. the book. It, is it is a whole day, yeah, in the cinema, yeah, pretty much. Um, so that is Lost Lives, as I said, a premiere this week, and will be out, uh, yeah, in select cinemas around Ireland as well. So keep an eye out. Um, right, time for the big interview on the big review ski. And really digging uh, the Irish vibe, I've just realized very strong Irish vibe to this week's really strong Irish vibe, yeah, yeah it's quality. We're going to go even more niche now, we're going to go into Derry because I'm just going to bang on about Derry for a while. But, uh, yes, there's a brand new film, uh, released called A Bump Along the Way, starring she's she's a excellent actress, uh, musician as well, unbelievably outspoken, and just a really, really uh, wonderful, lovely person is, of course, Brona Gallagher. Um, and she is the star of A Bump Along the Way, a brand new Irish film that's coming out this week. So she's here on the Big Review Ski today, but she was chatting to one of our uh, pals at work, Mr. Dion Fanning, who you might know from uh, Ireland Unfiltered. So she sat down with him to have a long chat uh, about her film career to date, her music career, uh, how she got her big breaks, and basically anything and everything uh, in her life up until uh, this point. And it's a really interesting, fascinating chat. She's so um, passionate and outspoken and just, I mean, you kind of forget that, like, of course, we've got massive Irish stars like Colin Farrell and Michael Fassbender and Brendan Gleeson and all these guys and everything, Saoirse Ronan as well, who are, like, taking over the world. And Brona Gallagher, in her own kind of, smaller way but still really massive has worked with Quentin Tarantino has been in Star Wars films had that huge success with the commitments Mm. right off the start as well so I mean she's got this really interesting uh, career to date Um, so before we get stuck into uh, the interview with Bruna Gallagher um, here is a little look at her brand new film A Bump Along the Way 
Let's go back to your gaff. My daughter's there. Let's go to yours. I love with my man, da. You're just gonna sit there hungover all day? You're going to have a wee baby? At my age? Whatever something wrong with? Jeez, Pam, don't talk like that. There are definite advantages to having a baby at your age. One has more sense, more experience, and you are financially better off. Who's the dad? You told me that you couldn't have any wains. I don't know him, darling. Stop. He's a demon in the sack. Really? Aye. He's as kinky. Look at you. I have the horn of doom. So that's a new phrase that I'm going to start incorporating, uh, the horn of doom, which is, even as a fellow dairy person, was, was new to Does me. Does have anything to do with cream horns and dairy? <laughs> <laughs> that might be cream That makes horns. it slightly more... Dirty. Like, yeah, the cream horn of doom? Yeah, yeah no. Yeah. Oh, cream horns, gravy rings, all the different... Uh, those are all local confectionery delicacies. Dairy delicacies. Dairy delicacies. Um, like you. Delicacies. Like no. you, Owen. <laughs> it works. Thanks, Paul. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so we've got Brona Gallagher. Uh, she stars as Pamela, a single mother, uh, raising her teenage daughter, Allegra, uh, who's played by Lola Pettigrew, who's a young actor from Belfast. Really, really good young actor. Um, and... Basically, Pamela, she went through a tough pregnancy initially, so she thought she couldn't have any more kids. She's in her mid-40s, and she likes going out with her uh, her friends, going out, uh, out in the town, getting drunk. And at the very opening of the film, pretty much the first scene is she's having a one-night stand with this lad that's about half her age, and uh, ends up, she becomes pregnant. And that is the bump along the way, basically. And it's about her... Uh, coping and dealing well one with the surprise news that she could get pregnant again uh two the fact that she feels like as a lady in her mid-40s that she's too old to have a baby and she's like what the hell am i going to do in my life uh now because she has to have enough financial security um her ex-husband's a bit of a bastard the the guy who she has the one night stand with and there's a brilliant visual gag at the start whenever because you don't know his name, you don't know what he does. They're kind of, um, in some of the shots you see there in the trailer, they're like, it's a van overlooking Derry. Mm. And they're kind of, you know, um, they're having the crack. And then one thing leads to another. And then it shows a shot of the van. And it's basically, it's called Barry the Plumber, is his um, his name and his profession. And it's just, it gets the film off to like a funny start. And you really get an idea of the tone of it, like straight away. Um so yeah, so it's about her uh, basically coming to terms with all of this and also her daughter as a teenager coming of age and trying to reconcile the fact that her mammy's about to be a mammy again uh, kind of years later. So there's a lot kind of packed into it um, in what's like, you know, it flies by. It's like short running time, hour and a half, um, but a really lovely mix of comedy and drama. And we'll talk a little bit bit more about the film but like Brona Gallagher as I said was in chatting to Dion about it um, so first things first was basically um, this was her uh, given a rundown of her character Pamela. Pamela um, the character I play is 44 mm. 45 when she has the baby and her only other child um, is a little girl quite cantankerous troubled little couple mm. they are called Allegra and she is um at school, having a bit of a hard time at school, getting bullied fairly badly by a group of people. And I'm slightly on another level of getting bullied by my ex, 
ex uh, fella mm. who's her daddy. So there's these comparisons start to develop where Allegra's certainly, you know, resent to resent to resent her mother and her mother's lifestyle. She's quite hedonistic, mm. going out all the time. And she has a one night stand, drunk with this young plumber, half her age, mm. and ends up pregnant after years of thinking she can't have any mm. more babies because she had a very rough pregnancy mm. and birth with Allegra. So it's basically about how the two of them sort of come of age through the strife that Allegra's going through in school and then has a very embarrassing situation that her sort of first night out with all her gang realises that, you know, her mother's vulnerable as well because yeah. she ends up in a very vulnerable position. Yeah, so obviously Bruna Gallagher just repeating everything I was saying there now hmm. as well, but she does have a much better uh, idea of it. Oh, I think about say accent. accent. Yeah, same yeah. as, yeah. <laughs> what, a much better accent? Yeah, I, oh. would, I would have agreed. She does kind have a same. wonderful dairy accent I always said well. you were like, you know, the male version of Bruna Gallagher. He always, always says, says that. Always yeah. said we got the same bangs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 Um, uh, I, love, I love a soul music as well. True. Uh, love me a bit of Wilson Pickett. Um, so she in the interview. But, she talks about it at length. Yeah, so you've watched the the Ireland Unfiltered interview. Yeah, it's actually really interesting because obviously a lot of people know her from the commitments. Her story about meeting Alan Parker for that when she was only seventeen. I think yeah. she she auditioned for it is just incredible. And uh, she was telling like she never she didn't see Pulp Fiction till like like she was I think it, it could have even been in Derry or Wales or somewhere. She mm. said she saw oh, and yeah, her, and her first on... reaction being blown away is just like every film fan who ever saw it the first time. And she was in it. Yeah. She still had no idea what the finished product would look like on yeah. screen. But no, it's fascinating. And like, as the interview gets on, you kind of, obviously, you know, her as this fantastic actress and musician, but like her views on current affairs are just as interesting. Yeah, yeah really, really. She's a really fascinating person. Yeah, um, I think it was up in Scotland. She was working in one of the theatres there. That was it, yeah. And Pulp Fiction was released and she was like, yeah, sure, I'll Top head level. along and see it and just she remembers sure she, like watching it for the first time she was time, saying that like she were because her, her family or two parents are musicians I think she had their mod system she was raised yeah. in music and she genuinely listened to Wilson Pickett and Aretha Franklin and all the soul music and she said when the commitments came up she just knew like she'd get it yeah, yeah. she's like well I've already achieved my acting dream in my first credit so like yep yeah. sorted mm. um, so yeah Dion uh, also caught up with her uh with the release of the film, obviously it's been screened in different film festivals around the world and some preview screenings, but there's been a really good, strong, positive reaction to it uh, so far. Um, so, yeah, so she chatted a little bit about what's that like, basically, to, to have people love the work that you've done, which would be nice. Wouldn't that be nice? I, yep. I can only but imagine. The anyway. grace of God. Yeah, watch this. It's a story that, you know, seems to have just you know, completely reached out to people mm. that we were blown away by the reaction. We showed it first in Belfast. We opened the Belfast Film Festival with it and I hadn't seen the film before and so Louise was quite nervous about how I would react, you know, because I am, I'm fussy. Okay. You know, I'm fussy. Right. Yeah, I am fussy because it's a very difficult business. Yeah. And, you know, uh, when I can and, um, you know, unless things are rough and you haven't been working for a while, you know, I try and only do work that I completely, completely, completely believe in. Right. And I've been fortunate enough to work with good people over the years and a lot in theatre as well. And the kind of actor I am, I work very much from the heart mm. and I'm very obsessed with the truth yeah. and I'm very obsessed with injustice because I'm from Derry. <laughs> mm. So I tend to sort of only feel if I can get stuck into something, then I can bring me true self to it. Yeah. So with this... I knew it was a real get under the cover and you've got to get stuck under this one, you know. Mm. So we worked quite a bit with uh, Tess, 
in Belfast for a few days. Um, she lives in Berlin, but we were working, you know, mm. Skyping and, and sending stuff over every night. And I felt we got the script to a place that was very real, two characters that people could really relate to. Mm. So when it's first performance, sorry, the first screening, public screening, it was the first time I seen it. And I was, you know, really, really moved yeah. by what Louise and Shelley and myself and Tess at all, you know, creatively got together and done in Lola. And our wonderful editor too, Helen, mm. you know, so it, it's just, it's a really sweetheart of a movie, you mm. know, and it avoids, you know, subjects like obviously the troubles yeah. and stuff that people expect to sort of hear about from Derry. And it just talks about real people and real women's, you know, um, life issues. As I mentioned, it had its world premiere, I think, at the Toronto Film Festival. Um, and if anyone was following uh, Brona, she was out there with Patty Courtney, Irish comedian who plays a teacher in the film. Um, and uh, some of the other people who were involved in the making of it as well and seemed to be having a ball out in Toronto and again, a really warm reception but um, she, uh, in this next week, she's talking about getting texts from friends about, she doesn't seem to be fussed on that whole awards side of things and it's just about like, well, if the project is right then this is what I'm going to do but you don't really want to hear me talk about it so um, why don't you listen to Brony Gallagher talking about okay. it instead. People were texting me yesterday and some of my friends were did you win anything at Toronto? And my mm. sister said, we won people's hearts. And I thought, well, that to <laughs> yeah. me, you know, you're going to do an international festival again. Yeah, when yeah. I got there, like I genuinely had no idea it was that big. Right. The whole of Toronto was taken over and I was like, this is huge. And my mates were like, do you not know about it? I was like, I don't actually, you know, from the bottom of my heart, I don't take that much interest in competition or right. the big festival yeah, yeah. world or the Oscars. I mean, I think it's great when people won at that level. I just love getting into the stories, doing the work, and half the stuff I don't see because mm. I'm just not really into looking at myself on the TV. But now you have to bump when you're there in most scenes. You kind of go, oh, all right, that's the way you look. Oh, right. Ooh, <laughs> that's funky. You know, but, yeah, yeah. you know, certain people do it for certain mm. aspects. I do it to tell the story, really. And as Paul was saying, you can check out uh, the rest of the interview. It's up on Joe where she does talk about that very first uh, audition process for the commitments. And some kind of behind the scenes stories and elements of it of her audition that I never really mm -hmm. heard before but um, uh, they're very good very funny but it kind of shows you how driven she was even like back as a, a 17, 18 year old as well but um, as you said one of the things that most people would know her for is her uh, role in Pulp Fiction in that scene whenever John Travolta and Uma Thurman end up at the drug guy's house and they have to Oh, it's a shot of adrenaline, isn't mm -hmm. it? And they put the marker on her <gasps> and I stick it right through her. Um, so Brona Gallagher uh, is present in that scene as well, which would be a bit bonkers. But uh, yeah, this was her uh, in a really lovely way talking about her time working on that particular film and working with Tarantino and about being, because um, everybody loves the fact that she's in that movie. Um, she's got a funny uh, take on it. Ah, because of only a wee tiny part. Now, the part mm -hmm. of me is sort of, I mean, always a wee bit embarrassed about Pulp Fiction. I'm always about, only a wee bit, everybody calm down. <laughs> you know, so I always feel like, but still, you know, to be alongside those incredible yeah. actors and to be chosen to be involved in it was an extraordinary, you know, mm. extraordinary honour. And I'm always deeply honoured to Quentin and he's a great head. But, um, I mean, I just knew, you know, I knew what he'd done and he hit pastiche on the right button you know, and he was bringing in all the people that he loved and all the movies that he loved mm. from the 40s upwards, you know. And he was showing, remember, he, we were all in rehearsals out somewhere 
in Marina del Rey or somewhere. And he was fitting out, you know, Jack Rabbit Slim. So that was a set that they mm. built in the back of one of the lots. And John and Uma were all in rehearsing in another room and they called us all in and we were all having a cup of tea. And he said, I want to show you this, you know, top loader D or, you know, VHS mm. of the dance scene. And the dance scene was from an old black and white movie where two young people are, you know, flirting mm. with each other and they do the famous dance that they did there. So that was all, like that wasn't, you know, I mean, John's a mm. great dancer or whatever, mm. but this was, he he basically choreographed the whole thing. Right. You know, yeah, yeah. maybe they had a choreographer, but he knew exactly what it was. He wanted them to dance. Um, and then, you know, the Brian De Palma world of it, you know, the sort of, as I say, the film noir, the whole Scorsese, mm. the characters, mm. you know, the black exploitation, early stuff, um, all wrapped on day one. You know, to me, the way I felt about Quentin, and I spoke to other great directors about him afterwards, he sort of, um, he blew cinema apart. Mm. And then it came back in a different form, you know. Yeah. He became Mick Films like Tarantino. I mean, you, you look at the amount of films that came out after him, and there was like a 10-year consistent, slightly exhausting films of that type, yeah. where the guys in the black suits and the guns, and it became, to me, just too violent. The whole thing was just too violent. But I mean, you know, he's extraordinary. And, you know, at Pulp Fiction, without me being in it or not, I know from a fa- as a fan of, you know, great American cinema that he, he changed... Um, he changed the course dramatically. And she was in Phantom Menace as well, like the the worst, I don't know, Dion didn't ask her about being in the, the most kind of, not maybe not the best Star Wars I most worst. I completely the forgot most worst. that. Yeah. He said that, yeah. Because like, I think it's the opening scene whenever Liam Neeson again, Ewan McGregor, uh, whenever the pair of them... The Trade Federation starship, yes, isn't it? they arrive and she plays one of the two pilots who get blown up oh, at yeah. the very, very start. Um, so, R.I.P. But anyway, she's still there and she's still uh, in uh, cinemas this week in a bump along the way. So as I was saying, um, yeah, it's a lovely, sweet wee film. And it's kind of, it's a powerhouse of Brona Gallagher. Her sister produces it. Uh, A friend of theirs, Tess McGowan, who's also from Derry as well, um, has written it. And they've kind of come together um, and made this lovely film. And it's really interesting because obviously loads of people... We've spoken a lot here about representation and films like Black Panther doing so well and um, Crazy Rich Asians. Crazy Rich Asians doing brilliantly as well. And, you know, and Hollywood realizing that if you make these films, then people will go and see them. Um, but this is really interesting because all the male characters are reduced to mainly just supporting characters that kind of come in and out of uh, Pamela and Allegra's life. And, um, and yeah, and most of them are pricks as well. Most of the lads hmm. are pricks. Like Mr. Courtney, or uh, sorry, the teacher, Mr. Courtney. His name is Paddy Courtney. <laughs> Hello, Mr. Courtney. Um, stretch. <laughs> yeah, but he's lovely, but he's got a nice kind of bit part. It's just like a, a lovely Karen kind of teacher there as well. Um, so no, I really enjoyed it. And I was thinking about you two obviously being hardcore dubs as well. Um, but it must be really <laughs> nice to see your home place uh, like up on the big screen then as well, because obviously so much stuff is filmed in Dublin as well or set here yeah like it depends like Mrs. Depends. Brown's Boys the movie was set in Dublin and I don't think anyone wanted yeah. to see that nope no. Uh, <laughs> but like then you see Hayward you're like ooh cool and it mm. follows the geography of the city 
Whereas you see other films and they take a left turn at Smithfield and all of a sudden they're on Baggett Street and you're like, that's... That makes no sense. That's not how this works. That's right, like the rhythm section, which will be uh, coming out as well. Mm. Um, so there was that element to it, which was, which was nice to see as well. And just interesting how there's so many Irish places like that that you can really make cinematic as well. Mm. Um, so Brona Gallagher is brilliant, as I said, Lola Pettigrew um, is... Is she working in a cake shop? Brona Gallagher's character Pamela works in a cake shop. Is she making cream horns? Do you know what? She probably is making gravy rings and cream horns. It all comes back. But that's part of it because they call the bakery Baps and Buns, which is a great name. That's fantastic. Isn't it? So Baps and Buns. uh, But I actually recognise it. It's on Sackville Street in Derry. It's a a real bakery, but it's not called Baps and Buns. But if I were you, I would change your name to Baps and Buns straight away. Um, uh, Is it all Derry? Basically. It's all all it's set in Derry, yeah, yeah, and yeah, shot it's by. Like, it's not like doubled up in Belfast or anything like that. No, 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 all uh, on location there, and shot like you. See those like, lovely hill hilltop yeah, hills. Yeah, well, those are the hills of Donegal, in the yeah. <laughs> but sweet. Um, but it's uh, yeah, made like using local crew and everything as well. But um, it's just, I mean, it's not going to change cinema. You kind of you have a fair idea of how it's all going to pan out anyway. Um, but it's just a really nice kind of sweet experience along the way. And Brony Gallagher does add that kind of element of it, that reminder that like, fucking hell, she's a really good actor. And actually, there's a shot there on the sofa whenever we were saying about uh, the Horn of Doom and stuff. There's a, her best friend is played by, uh, her. she's called Sinead, played by an actress called uh, Mary Moulds. Um, but she really reminded me of Aunt Sarah from Dairy Girls. Oh, yeah. That same kind of just coming in with some brilliant kind of one-liners and stuff as well and a nice kind of supporting cast. So, yeah, I mean, I know I'm partially biased, but uh, if you get a chance to go and see uh, entirely, a bump along the way, I'm biased. entirely biased. <laughs> but, I mean, if you're watching, there's some elements you can pick up as, like, where they're not maybe 100% dairy accents. You're like, well, that's about 20 miles outside dairy. Come on, who's that? Like, do you know what I mean? That's nitpicking. I know. Someone who's just moved to dairy. I know. <clears throat> For the film. I suppose that's allowed, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so A Bump Along the Way is out uh, in cinemas this week, so you can go and check it out. And you can check out the full Brona Geller interview on Ireland Unfiltered as well, up on Joe. Um, right, it's enough of me waffling on about dairy. Time for something else. Anything else? Oh, Big Willies! Gemini Man. Or Juminiman. 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 Cinnamon. <laughs> Cinnamon. <laughs> Rory, over to you. Uh, yeah, this is Juminiman. Uh, the new Will Smith action thriller from director Ang Lee, who you should know from, you know, those really uh, high-octane action films like Brokeback Mountain and mm. The Life of Pi. Um, <laughs> and it's co-written by David Benioff, uh, who, Thrones. Uh, who kind of <laughs> steered Game of Thrones into the rocks towards the end. <laughs> but I think he did The 25th Hour as well. He, like, he did write stuff, and he did he that awful X-Men film as well he wrote. Yeah. Oh, no. But which one would it be? <laughs> so many terrible X-Men films to pick. So Origins, Wolverine, the, I think. All right, maybe. Okay. The plot is essentially... Do you remember uh, Sylvester Stallone's Assassins? Yes. Yes. And he's like, Stone. I'm... No, that was the specialist. Oh, I beg your pardon. I understand why. What did you say? Sharon Stone. And I was going to say Antonio Banderas. Antonio Banderas. Which, is that Assassins or the Specialist? All right, okay, okay. yeah. And he's the world's best assassin and he's like, I'm quitting. But they won't let him quit, so they send the world's second best assassin to assassinate him. Yeah. So imagine that, except Antonio Banderas is just Will Smith again. (laughs) And he's been cloned from Will Smith without Will Smith's prior knowledge. Uh, And that's the plot of the whole film. That's it. Start that's to it. finish. And I was like, I'm on board. I'm fully okay with this. Uh, it's produced by Jerry Bruckheimer. So yeah. he knows his way around blowing stuff up. Uh-huh. 
This should be a lot of fun. Here's a clip. He knew every move of mine before I made it. Who is he? I think I know why he's as good as you. He is you. Gemini is playing God with DNA. How's that even possible? They could clone a person. They could have cloned Nelson Mandela. Nelson Mandela couldn't kill a man on a moving train from two kilometers away. With all the people in the world to come after me, why would he send you? Because I'm the best. You are obviously not the best. Can't you see how not okay I am? Don't doubt. He has to die. Look at us! He's been lying to you the whole time. They're just trying to rattle me. Hey! I'm trying to save you! Because what if somebody actually knew what we really are? He's trying to save him, Rory. He's trying to save himself, almost. Will Smith is trying to save young Will Smith, who seems yeah. to be doing a lot of crying. I, old, 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 old Will Smith's not far behind old him. Willer. In old Willer. Old, old Willer. <laughs> Take him out back and assassinate him. <laughs> he, like, there, this should have been, like, really, really fun. It's just that the idea of alone is like, oh, all right, great. Blow everything up and have Will Smith shoot Will Smith. Great. It's they're so moany for the whole <laughs> film. The whole thing is like, oh, existential crisis. What does it mean to be a human being? Uh, and it's just no. Like Ang Lee is trying to make some kind of serious, uh, like thesis on existentialism and what it means to be alive if you're cloned. Whereas, like Jerry Bruckheimer is clearly like, blow that up and I blow that up <laughs> yeah. and I blow that up. There's one or two action scenes in it. You see. Uh, they paid a lot of attention to it in the in the trailer. The bike chase through Colombia mm. is pretty good, um, but yeah, there's just there's not a there's not enough of it. The, the, the bit as well that like really, <laughs> always getting cause angry because <laughs> they go all around the world and then they figure out they're like, do you know what we're gonna do? We're gonna have to go to Clive Owens' big security place because he's the one who's been making. Clone no, Clive Owen surely plays a good guy in this film. <laughs> not, not this time. An English oh, villain in a Bruckheimer so film. So close. No. <laughs> so it's so Will Smith and uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, who has who was hired to keep an eye on Will Smith, but then which one? The old Will Smith. Okay. But then she ends up teaming up with him to take down Gemini, which is the name of the company that's been cloning people. Okay. So they're like, we're gonna go to Clive Owen's gaff and and blow it up. So they're heading along. And then there's a little tiny shootout on the way to the to the giant cloning facility, and they like they duck for cover in a, in a small shop in the, in otherwise in a completely empty town, and that's where the film ends in that small shop. So the huge action set piece that it had set itself up for for two hours what? never arrives. What? It's very upsetting. That doesn't seem to make any sense whatsoever. <sighs> so you love the film. No, I think it's like it's it, it's one of definitely one of the bigger disappointments I've seen of the year because it's the potential there is so yeah. big uh, and it's so completely wasted. And Ang Lee is he's trying to like push 3D again. He's trying to push that weird uh, high frame rate thing. So it, mm-hmm. like I I still don't fully understand what they're hoping will come from that because all I see is that weird. Uh, 
daytime TV soap kind yeah, of when it feels like it's moving so yeah. fast. Yeah, yeah, like I don't, I don't like that, and I don't know anyone who likes that. No. So I don't know what Peter Jackson the, and Angley <laughs> and James Cameron because he's doing <laughs> Avatar two and three in that as well. Okay. But like, if anyone can make it work, it has to be James. <laughs> yeah, because he made three D work. Yeah, but oh, and sometimes young Will Smith, he just looks like CGI. Well, you think what happened here potentially was. <laughs> Um, they looked at maybe some of the films in the Marvel Cinematic Universe and that de-aging process. Obviously, mm. the, the, the time that they've done it, the longest third of film is with Samuel L. Jackson mm. and Captain Marvel. Maybe they felt like, let's get an A-list blockbuster celebrity and uh, do a younger version of them. You kind of feel sorry for, what do you call him? What's his son? Will Smith's son in real life Jayden? called? Jaden Smith, who looks the spit of young Will Smith, but they were like, I think you're I, fine, I think we'll I just... Died. We'll just do a Photoshop I think version after of Earth, you. They want to keep them two away from each other as <laughs> yeah. much as possible. Um, but like Bruce Willis and Joseph Gordon Levitt. Gordon Levitt yeah. worked really well in Looper. You don't care. Yeah. yeah. You really don't you buy care. It. You don't you're not you're not distracted by it. Once you're you once you're you once you're like, right, this is the this is the train we're on. So you're saying Will Smith and Joseph Gordon Levitt. <laughs> Perfect. Jazzy Jeff no from problem. Will Smith. Not I watched that film. No problem at all. Will no Smith trying issue. to kill Jazzy Jeff. Will Smith for that one. And that Alfonso guy. <laughs> <laughs> what about, um, do you wish that Clive Owen had secretly constructed a clone of you who had then gone to see the film so you didn't have to see the film? No, because then I, who, who would review it? The real Rory Cashin. <gasps> Younger version, just toddled out in a nappy and a beard. Well, kill him. <laughs> <laughs> Kill him. Um, but I yeah. mean, that's also my Saturday, so. <laughs> Okie dokie. So we've got, uh, ah, it's not a great run Will Smith's been on. It sure hasn't, know. no. Like, Aladdin made a lot of money and was yeah. not the worst, but was also not great. Mm. Um, Bright was before that. Bright was pretty bad, yeah. Although it got a lot of viewers, the sequel's coming out. Uh, yeah. We had, like, Concussion was okay-ish. Mm. What was there was that one with... Uh, Collateral Beauty, was that with Helen Mirren? Yeah. It was a really bad one. And as we said, the trailer for Bad Boys 3 is coming. Oscar winner, Bad Boys 3. Future Oscar (laughs) winner. Future Oscar winner, Bad Boys 3. That's going to turn around. Yeah, so um, yeah, so we've got that to look forward and to. And Suicide Squad, he was in. Oh, Jesus. oh of course, yeah. So and he's not coming back for the sequel to that. He's one. like the only person not coming back. Yeah. Um, Sorry, James Good. Yeah, not so for me. that's uh, Jiminaman, um, which is out in cinemas this week. Jiminaman. See cinnamon in the cinema. <laughs> yep. Uh, so uh, yeah, that's out this week. So go check it out if you want. Like, uh, did you want to use your your good Will Smith line? Where did, uh, where did, did I have a good Will Smith? Yeah, you line? did. It was like I whispered, even though we're mic'd up, so people will hear us. Okay, go ahead. Where there's a, a will, will there's oh, a where there's a will, there's a will. another will. Yeah, that was it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Where there's a wills, there's a ways. Uh, anyway, that might have been better than the film. There's another release out this week, um, more kind of family friendly, less Will Smith in it, um, 100% more 100%, if you're in for something that's 100% Will Smith free, then this is the film for you. Willie free. It's <laughs> nice, I really like that. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Um, it's abominable. We're having a real tough time <laughs> with the cinema, uh, with the movie titles this week. But it's a good it? thing that you're not using any of these words for the haiku because oh, all true. your syllables will be used <laughs> you by <up>. abominable <laughs> cinnamon, abominable cinnamon. Um, so while we work on our uh, on just using words, basically, here's a look at a brand new animated film, abominable. Abominable. Ah, nine out of ten. 
night. You need to spend more time here with your family. Oh, where are you going? Be back before dinner. Be careful out there. No boy. Got it covered. Bye. I just want to escape. Dad always wanted me to travel the world. Someday. There's huh? <gasps> a Yeti on my roof. Hey, boy. Or girl. <laughs> yeah, you're definitely a boy. I don't know where you came from. He escaped. I want my Yeti back. So abominable. Abominable. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna describe the plot of a movie now, right? And you tell me what movie this is. Okay. Okay. This is abominable. abominable. What do we win? The, the show will end eventually. If you don't okay. get it right, we're just gonna sit here. So <laughs> okay. Yeah. So there's a, a child with a single parent who discovers a creature. Et. <laughs> <laughs> no, you, you can't even wait. Discovers a creature. I got it at single parents. <laughs> discovers a creature living. Uh, near their house, uh-huh. and kind Mac of and me, and yes, kind of, and kind of lures them out, and eventually they become friends. But the government is looking for them, showgirls. So the young child wants, with the help of their friends, wants to help bring the creature back to where it comes from. Okay, it's Dr- home almost. <laughs> Yeti phone home. Okay, <laughs> and they name like they name it Everest. Everest. Yeah, what's the first uh, and last letter of Everest? Oh, no. E. I can't believe they remade Mac and Me. I know. I feel this was like when I seen The Secret Life of Pets, and I was like, "Oh my god, you've you've just Toy Storied animals." animals. Yeah, that's it. This is they've ET's Yeti. Oh, there's an ET and Yeti as well. Yeah, unbelievable. Uh, so yeah, essentially, that girl finds okay. uh, a Yeti on the roof of her apartment block in downtown. China. I hate when that happens. And downtown China. Downtown China. China, literally the biggest country in the world population. Yeah, so the downtown downtown, part downtown of China. That. Ah, it's just down the town there, just down that street there, and your the, left. That's where, where the area is. The bigger buildings. Okay. Are. Do you know the part where the, all the, the the you know it looks like it lights up at night? Yes. Oh yeah. Is it Shanghai? Let's go with that. Okay. They don't really say, but downtown China. So they want to bring Everest back to Everest. Uh, and the government are, are, well, kind of the government. There's like a private military corporation thing that wants to capture him because he's rare. Uh, and they're voiced by uh, Eddie Izzard and Sarah Paulson. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. And the rest of the voice cast, I think, are local uh, Chinese cast people. Okay. So uh, it's it's very pretty to look at. It look like when they show you bits of China that you would just normally just wouldn't see in like mainstream cinema, you're like, oh, yeah, this is very, very pretty. Uh, and they're going to sell like a million of those Everest of the, teddies. Of the Yeti I, Teddy. I want one. Yeti Teddy. When I, Yeti Teddy. Because uh, he, he is like quite adorable. Yeah. Um, and it's fine. Like it's it's E.T. But it's made by the people who produced How to Train Your Dragon. So. They're a good bunch. They can be. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's fine. It's grand. Like okay. it, it definitely passes the time. There's a fantastic running joke with one of the minor characters who is a snake and every time he pops up on screen I was I was uh, it was me done for like the next two minutes uh, so there is there is definitely some like good gags in there um, 
There's also a lot, like there's a whole sequence set to Fix You by Coldplay. Oh, okay, did you cry? Like an entire se- it, it's definitely trying to make you cry. Okay. Uh, but Crying it was such an odd, I felt it was such an odd choice because everything about it was trying to be so uh, true to like tr- Chinese culture. And then okay. in the middle of it was Fix You by Coldplay. Coldplay. <laughs> okay, gotcha. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's cute. I think they gig in downtown China every so often. Oh, yeah? yeah? Yeah. I hear that's where they met. <laughs> it's, they're a Chinese band, aren't they? I can't verify that, but I'll take your word for it. Okay. Um, so, yeah, so it's it's perfectly fine. Well, E.T. is one of the greatest films ever made. Mm-hmm. So if you're starting off with that kind of as your base, well, it's no guarantee of quality, but... Um, no, I mean, like Mac I mean, and story-wise, me. yeah. Like there. Mac and Me, of course. Yeah. yeah, like Mac and Me is proof that just because you copied the best doesn't mean... You have the Careful same answers. <laughs> yeah. You have the exact yeah. same answers, but... For yeah, legal no, reasons, we can't say that Mike and me copied uh, E.T. No. It definitely did. The big McDonald's ad. Yeah. I um, think I think the 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 biggest takeaway from all this will be... A happy me. That teddy bear Yeti thing. Mm. Okay, gotcha. And Chris Martin. And Chris Martin China. as well. Yeah. Um, okay, so that's abominable. Jibberman. He had a song called Princess of China. Who did? He did. Coldplay. Did he? Yeah. I just remember that just now. That guy, Coldplay. Why not play that song? Makes more sense. Um, So this film's all released in Irish (laughs) cinemas uh, this week. Um, We did say that we have Stephen King... uh, Roped up and out the back uh, as a special giveaway this week. We didn't say that. We didn't. You helped me get him. No, sure didn't. Okay, so we don't have lawyers. But we do. He's rich. He can sue us. We do have tickets to give away to the, I suppose, like the eight hundred and forty-seventh gillionth adaptation (laughs) this year of one of his uh, original works. It's Doctor Sleep. Oh no! But did he write Doctor Sleep then as well? Yeah. Right. Okay. Um, so we will have tickets to give away to uh, an upcoming screening of that. And all you have to do to be in with a chance of winning those tickets is, we'll try and get the correct answer to our high clue. So one of the people with the greatest names of all time has won uh, tickets from last week, first of all. So I want to say congratulations to Stakes. Just the word Stakes, S-T-E-A-K-S in capital letters. Um because this was their name online okay. uh, whenever they did get the correct answer. So after a wee bit of detective work, clicked into their profile. Sure. Um, mm. uh, his name is Kieran Stakes. Um, but I just, because Stakes are class. I'm obviously like... I'm upset. It's like he, he, he's a, ma- a man. Because yeah. otherwise you could have been Miss Stakes. Like Johnny Stakes. <laughs> That'd be great. Yeah. yeah. That's, Stakes. Yeah. Good competition. Stakes were high last week. Sure he hasn't heard any of these puns whatsoever. Ever in his life. So Kieran uh, got the correct answer to last week's high click. Uh, Can we take a quick look at it, please? So it was Confidential Veil, Frosty Can is Out of Sight, Napier's Cuckoo. And... uh, Literally, you were saying this is oh, pretty easy 100%. last week. There were a lot of correct answers, to be fair. So, should like, give now, <laughs> two character names like away in it? Uh, yeah, true. Actually, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, there are two characters uh, named from this particular film. Uh, Kieran responded with a gif of Jack Nicholson as the Joker in 1989's Batman. But ba- there, see, Batman, it says Batman. <laughs> there we go. Um, uh, it was that little clip where. It was, you know, he's like, you ever dance with the devil in the pale moonlight? And it's the moment that Michael Keaton 
uh, realizes that you're the guy who killed my parents. Um, okay, so if we go back to the high clue, Confidential Veil, Frosty Ken is out of sight, Napier's cuckoo. Um, Confidential Veil uh, was Kim, or do you want to do it? No. Okay, Kim Basinger, <laughs> uh, who plays Vicky Vale, um, so V-A-L-E, and Confidential, because she's in L.A. Confidential, plus she knows Batman's secret, she keeps it a secret as well. Um, the middle line, Frosty Ken is out of sight, is all about Michael Keaton. Um, he's in the film, out of sight, he also remains out of sight as Batman stays hidden. Frosty, uh, he played Jack Frost, and Ken, he played Ken in Toy Story 4. Um, so loads of Michael Keaton there. And the final line, Napier's Cuckoo, Jack Nicholson plays Jack Napier, who, uh, well, in this particular version of Batman and Joker, um, that is Joker's real name, Jack Napier, and he's cuckoo because he's completely lost his mind, and also he starred in One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. And then, obviously, we had the release of Joker as well, so it was just a nice wee tie-in with that there. So Sure was. We don't so. get enough of Michael Keaton in films. Oh, I love 100%. Michael Keaton. I he don't know. He went in that wee run like, with Vulture yeah. and Birdman and yeah. anything else bird-related just There was a well. long period and he wasn't on Remember he was, Oh, for ages, yeah. yeah. He was yeah. McDonald's. The founder? Yeah. yeah. That's right, yeah. I just love, like, they'll always have Graf or Beetlejuice, like 15 oh, minutes yeah. of madness. 100%. Um, will there be Michael Keaton in the next high clue the brand new one I guess we're about to find out here we go can we stick it up on screen there please so it's Cuba v Japan v not versus uh, Cuba versus I'm just saying for your hike for the all oh, right yeah 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 so yeah Cuba uh, Cuba v Japan as in versus Cuba versus I'm Japan but it's just a letter v okay um, the middle line Zoolanders presidential and the final line, <laughs> best friends click with nurse. Uh, and for everybody who's listening, Roy's a prick. And Zoolander <laughs> is Zoolander apostrophe S. Zoolander. No, you were dead, right? You're dead, right? I know. But sometimes I would say if there's a match on, it's Liverpool v Man United. Yeah, but when you're watching the match, you're not you're not concerned about how many syllables are in the goddamn name. I'm just saying for your high clue, I'm very helpful. Sp- massive sports fan, Rory Cashin, <laughs> yeah, sport. putting you right. <laughs> Breaking news. Um, so yes, for everybody, <laughs> for everybody who's listening, it's Cuba. The letter V, Cuba. Japan, Cuba, as in versus. So Cuba versus Japan, V. Um, Zoolander's presidential, best friends, click with nurse. Any ideas? I'm not saying that. I don't know. Wrap <laughs> <Right. laughs> <Rabbit> it up. <laughs> um, yeah, the Zoolander's presidential has led me to one person anyway, but I'm trying to put the last line together to see if it Okay, fits. okay, good stuff. Um, Batman. <laughs> um, yeah, just from a different year this time. Okay, brilliant. That's, uh, that's everything for this week. Yeah, sorry, his own versus Rory done now. V, v Rory. V. No. Uh, <laughs> so they, no, it doesn't matter. Um, anyway, uh, thank you, Rory. Thank you, Paul. You're thank welcome. you, other Paul Donegan as well. Thank Movie you, Fiona. Star. Thank you, Ian. Thank you, everybody behind the scenes. Um, don't forget to subscribe. As if, like, you know, people are like, oh, yeah, that's right, I was, I was going to subscribe. Just please, please do. Um, and then, uh, oh, yes. Thanks. Coming up on next week's show, <laughs> uh, visual reminder, we're going to have a full review of Maleficent. 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 Uh, so what's wrong with the names? Mistress of Evil. Maleficent. Maleficent. Um, and we might have our own the Mistress of Evil, Angelina Justine Stafford. The Disney one. Just but, call it that. That's what I was calling Justine. Mistress no, I heard it again. Yeah. Well. It's okay. It was, uh, this, this is what happens when we don't have cue cards. <laughs> <laughs>
No one knows whose land it is. All right, Paul, show everybody your cute character. Yeah, you yeah, yeah, yeah I just wing it. Card? See that? Yeah, there, there. that's basically sums it up just there. there. Yeah. yeah, thanks. Mine just says Owen's, <laughs> Owen's a prick. Owen's a prick. Okay, listen, we're going to have to wrap it up. Um, <laughs> and we'll see you next week. Love you all. Oh, go and check out the full Brona Gallagher interview on Ireland Unfiltered. But watch the bigger risky one first. Yeah. See you later. Bye-bye. Yeah, you're listening to the Big Review Ski on Joe, brought to you by Omniplex Cinemas. See it all with my Omnipass.